Howdy, my name is Brian, like you said. I, last week, Chris shared a picture of his family, but we don't have any kids yet, so I don't have a picture. We did get a dog a few weeks ago. I guess I could have done that, but um, yeah, we've been, we both graduated from Texas A&M, greatest university out there. Um, we stuck around. We've been married for about three years and been on staff, like you said, since the summer, and we've also been involved in the discipleship school for about two years now, and it's been awesome. It's been a privilege um, and an honor just to be in the same room as some of these people on staff and really just been encouraged over the past few years being at this church and just motivated and inspired by the messages and the people who are up here on Sunday mornings and then getting to be with them a little more intimately. I'm just so honored by Tyler and his family and the Pletchers and Welches and all of them. Foresters, it's been awesome. So, you guys ready to have fun this morning? Yeah. All right. Hey, when last week Chris talked, he, he uh, talked about renewing our mind, that Jesus was gonna teach us how to rethink, how to think correctly in a godly way, not just about ourselves, but also about others, about the enemy, and about him, and he brought up a, a verse in Psalm 1. If you guys have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up to Psalm 1. I think we'll have it on the screen. I'll read it for you. Psalm 1, Chris said last week that blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law and on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And Chris broke down, when we learn how to think like Jesus, when we plant ourselves next to Jesus and we think like him, we delight ourselves with him, whatever we do will prosper. And God's gonna call us blessed. He's not gonna call us a mocker or a sinner. We'll be blessed. And I remember the first time I really decided I wanted to be like this man was in high school. I was kind of at a crossroads of, of who I was going to be. Um, I was either going to be someone like this in Psalm 1, a man who's called blessed and someone who's following Jesus, or I was going to be something, I'll just say a punk. I was going to be a punk. That was like my other option at the time. And um, you can ask my parents about that one. But I remember learning about Jesus and him drawing himself, uh, me closer to him, and I was like, man, I want to be like that. I don't want to be called, uh, you know, a sinner or a mocker. I want to be someone who delights himself in the Lord and started to make that choice. However, whenever I was at that crossroads and chose Jesus full time, all out, nothing holding back, I started to draw closer to him and my friends started to draw away from me, if that makes sense. So in high school, I started walking with Jesus more intently and my friends more intently walked away from me. And so... I mean, you guys probably know what that feels like maybe to lose some friends, but I stopped getting the invites to go hang out, stopped getting to sit with this crowd at lunch. Um, I mean, some of my best friends are actually sitting down right here. My mom and dad, what's up? Uh, I spent a lot of uh, Friday nights with them on, in high school. And uh, it was a, a time where I could have been really lonely, a time where I could have felt, felt lonely, could have felt rejected. Uh, but as I was drawing myself closer to Jesus, him drawing me into him, I just experienced his friendship, and I wasn't lonely, and I was actually full of joy, full of confidence, and was totally fine hanging out with my parents just because I knew that Jesus was calling me to something greater. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning, that Jesus is looking for friends. Yeah. He's not looking for slaves. He's not looking for people to go and run and do his business. He's looking for friends. And um, there may be some people in the room who, I'm sure everyone in the room can think of a memory of when they felt rejected, they felt lonely. I know I have those memories. Um, but some people might have walked in this morning, and that's not a memory. That's actually where you are this morning right now. You feel maybe like you're not good enough to be chosen. 
you feel rejected, you feel any of those things, but I've got some good news for you if you're ready to hear it. All right, two people in the room are ready to hear some good news. All right, let's turn to John 15. I've got some good news if you feel like you're not good enough to be chosen. If you go to John 15 and look at verse 15, this is Jesus talking because it's red at my Bible, so we know he's talking. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So right here, we know the good news is that Jesus chose us. We didn't choose Jesus. He doesn't call us servants, he calls us friends. Jesus actually chooses you, every single person in this room, to be, your, to be uh, friends with him. He chooses you. And if you notice in the scripture, in those verses, there's no application process to be a friend of Jesus. There's no like NFL combine draft day of like who can be friends with Jesus. He just chooses you. And it doesn't matter where you are coming from, what you've done in the past or what you haven't done. Uh, we know in Romans 5, 8, it says that Jesus died for us even while we were still sinners. In other translations, it says, while we were still enemies of God, he chose us. So it doesn't matter if you came in hating God this morning. He actually chooses you to be his friend. It doesn't matter your life stage, how old you are, your race, your gender, any of that. Jesus chooses you, and you don't have to do anything for it. So when we're talking about friendship with Jesus, if you're a note taker, I've got three points for you. So get excited. The first one, uh, I'll just give the three, and then we'll break it down a little more. When we talk about friendship with Jesus, we're going to talk about abiding, accepting, and obeying. So we already established that he chooses us no matter what. It doesn't matter what you've done. So we're going to talk about abiding. In John 15, if we look at verse 5, it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So in your translation, in your Bible, it might say, instead of remain, it might say abide, which just means to live, to be with, to exist with, to remain. And in the context of this verse, he's talking about what it looks like for a branch to be on a vine. And I was going to bring a big plant up here, but I forgot to do it during worship. So imagine there's a big plant right here uh, in a little pot that you can move around, right? And there's branches coming off of this plant with leaves on it or fruit, and it's bearing fruit as long as it's connected to the vine and, or the tree, the plant, whatever it is. You're, you get to choose the plant this morning. And if I move this pot with the plant over here, all the branches come with it, right? Because it's connected. And it, it's, it's producing leaves, it's producing fruit as long as it's connected. And if I move it back over here, the branches are still with the vine. And so that's what friendship with Jesus actually looks like. If we remain in him, if we abide in him, we're like a branch off of him. And we're, wherever he goes, wherever we go, we're together. We're remaining together. And the only way that branch can go somewhere else without the tree is if it's removed. If I came over and, and cut off a branch and threw it away, then it's not going to be with the vine. If, if we remove ourselves from Jesus, we're not going to experience friendship with him. We're going to be apart from him. And it says if, if a branch is apart from the vine, it withers up and dies and won't produce any fruit. And now I know you guys don't want that in your lives this morning. So uh, that's, that's what it looks like to be with Jesus, to abide with him, is, is picturing yourself just as 
even like an appendage of him, of, of that plant being with him at all times. Um, so let me ask you a question. If you could think, you don't have to write this down, just maybe make a mental list of the top three things you do with your friends. I'll give you five seconds. Think about the top three things you do with your friends. For me and my friends, we, uh, in order, we eat food. That's definitely way up there. We eat a lot of food. Uh, we watch sports, and we just talk. Those are like the three main things that we do. Eat food, uh, watch or play sports, and we talk. So if you guys like to do that, you should come hang out with us. It's a lot of fun. So think about your list of three things that you do with your friends, and then I want to ask you this question. How many of those things do you do with Jesus? How many of those things on that list do you do with Jesus? If, we're, if he calls us our friends, then we should hang out with him, right? We should have a relationship with him like we do with our friends. And if you have something on your list where you're like, oh, man, I don't think, I don't think Jesus should be doing this on my list, or I don't want Jesus to know I'm doing this with my friends, then maybe we need to ask ourselves, we need to ask the Holy Spirit, do I even need to be doing this with my friends? Maybe a good self-check. Um, we're not going there this morning, but you can go there after the service if you want. Anything that we, anything we're doing with our lives, we should feel 100% comfortable allowing Jesus to be there with us. You know, we should be able to do whatever we do with our friends and know that Jesus is right there with us and he's not, you're not like covering his eyes or closing his ears. So that's what it looks like to abide to be with Jesus is just like a branch on a vine or just like friends. It's, it doesn't always have to look uh, like a religious activity, you know? It doesn't always have to look like Sunday morning, even though we are abiding in Jesus right now. It doesn't have to look like your devotional time in the morning with Jesus, although that's abiding in him too. It's not just a religious activity. It's a, an all-day thing, Amen. you know? And it, I think something that's interesting in here, when it, when it talks about abiding with Jesus in this scripture, there's no, like, end time. On, there's no start time, there's no end time. He doesn't say, abide in me on Sunday mornings until 10.30, and then you're good to go the rest of the day. He doesn't say, abide in me and remain in me, and, I'll, and you'll produce fruit in that one hour you spend time with God in the morning. No, it does, there's no end time. It just says, abide in me. This is a lifelong deal, this friendship with Jesus. So in order to, in order to enjoy relationship with Jesus, friendship with Jesus, we're on to our second point. You've got to accept you got to accept. So if you're taking notes, that's the second point. If you look at John 15, we're going to be in John 15 for a while. Verse 15, we've already read it, but I'm going to read it again. It says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So we have to accept Jesus' friendship. He, he accepts us. He says, hey, I choose you to be my friend. I don't need you to be a slave. I don't need any servants. I want friendship with you. I want to be friends with you. And we have to accept that. Um, just like the disciples had to accept Jesus' call. Um, when, they, when Jesus said, hey, come and follow me. Have friendship with me. Live life with me. They had to say yes, right? So we have to accept Jesus' friendship. I remember the first time I ever experienced Jesus as a friend was in middle school, okay? So when I was in middle school, you guys probably won't be able to relate to this, but I was a little awkward. Uh, it was kind of a weird state for me. You guys probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but I was short and chubby and had buck teeth and missing teeth and the whole nine yards. I found out that girls didn't have cooties anymore and I was trying to play good in sports and trying to do well in school and was just really, really insecure, if I'm being honest about myself. I was really insecure about my appearance. Didn't feel like people liked me or appreciated me. Um, and the first time I saw Jesus as a friend, specifically remember 
just taking a hall pass out of class, and I just went to the bathroom, and I was like, Jesus, I just, you know, I just need confidence right now because I just, I just don't like myself, don't like the way I look, don't, I feel like nobody thinks I'm cool, blah, 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 the whole nine yards. And in that moment, I still remember to this day, I feel like Jesus <laughs> took my sixth grade self and was like, hey, Brian, I think you're cool. Hey, Brian, I like your smile. I actually think, you're, I think your smile's awesome, and you're really good at sports. And that simple, like the simple phrase of that, he might have been lying on the sports part, but he, uh, <laughs> that simple phrase gave me enough confidence, gave me enough joy to step back up and take that hall pass and go back to class. And that might seem like a silly example, but that's the first time I experienced Jesus as a friend. I knew Jesus as Lord. I knew him as my Savior, and I knew him as that warrior we find in Revelation with the fire in his eyes and the leg tattoo and the double-edged sword and all that. I knew Jesus in those ways, but in that moment, I didn't experience him as Lord. I didn't experience him as Savior. I didn't experience him as that warrior uh, in Revelation. I experienced him as a friend, his tender friendship that just encouraged me. and was like, hey, you got this. I, I, actually, I actually like you. That gave me enough joy and confidence to go back into class, probably biology or something like that. So, but I'm still experiencing Jesus as a friend even now. I remember when Tyler asked if I would preach uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and I said yes, simply just out of obedience, but in my heart, I was like, man, I do not want to do this. I don't want to preach. That's like, that's for people who have kids, and, you know, they, <laughs> that for people who know what they're talking about is what, am I, what I mean by that, not old. Uh, so as, as I'm preparing for this message, uh, before I even started, before I even opened up a Bible, before I even asked God what to talk about, I just wrote down, I was like, God, why do I have to do this? You know, all the insecurities started flooding in. That felt familiar to the middle school days, um, but thankfully I got some braces and fixed up my teeth, so I wasn't too insecure about that, but just started feeling the insecurities of, of preaching, and was like, God, why do I have to do this? And I felt like Jesus just said, hey, I, th I think you're actually going to, well, first I felt like Jesus said, well, you're employed by Antioch, and if your boss has told you to do this, so that's what you're going to do. So that, that, was, that was helpful. Uh, but secondly, I just felt like Jesus said, hey, I really think you're going to enjoy it. You're going to have fun, and I'll be with you. And that was enough for me to be like, all right, we can do this thing. Um, and that's when I started preparing the message I'm giving to you now. And in that moment, I didn't experience Jesus as, as like Lord or Master, or I didn't experience him as warrior or Savior. I experienced him as friend who just gave me encouragement, and I felt him there. Um, you don't have to turn to it. I'll read it for you. But in Proverbs 18:24. It says, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And that, that's what it's like to accept Jesus' friendship, is to, is to know Jesus as the friend that sticks closer to a than a brother, um, and just getting to experience his encouragement, his presence. And he go, it goes way deeper than just helping you out with insecurity of your appearance, but it's just as important. So he's chosen us to be friends, but we know uh, that friendship is a two-way street. Okay, How many of you guys are friends with the people who never text you back, they always bail on stuff. They eat all your food, and, and they just, like, don't want to hang out with you, but they like the benefits of your friendship, okay? No one's friends with those people, all right? But the, friendship is a two-way street, okay? So we have, we, Jesus has his end of the deal, and we also have an end of the deal when it comes to friendship. Jesus's uh, responsibility or his end of the deal, what he's bringing to the table when it comes to friendship is what I just read in Proverbs, that he's a friend that sticks closer to, than a brother. He's always there. The, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit gives us 
uh, unlimited amounts of encouragement, that he's always giving us encouragement. Jesus' presence is always with us. He saves us. He loves us. He guides us. He's always there with us. That's his end of the deal. And what's our end of the deal? This brings me to my third point, obedience. If you guys want to look at uh, verse 9 in John 15, it says, As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. So it answers our question for us. What's our end of the deal? Verse 14, it says, you are my friends if you do what I command. If you do what I command. So obedience is our end of the deal. Jesus is bringing his presence. He's bringing his, his encouragement. And we're meeting him here with our obedience to Jesus. Our obedience to do what he says, what he commands. And what does he command? In this very scripture, it says that his command is that we would love others the way that he's loved us. So love is the answer. Love is, love is our answer of how we obey Jesus, is to love one another. And you're wondering, well, how am I supposed to love the way that he loved us? He answers that question too. He says that no one has a greater love than this, that a friend would lay down his life for others. So we're like called in obedience to Jesus to, to give up our lives, not just for others, but also to give up our lives for Jesus. That's our end of the deal with friendship. It's just to remain in him, to accept his friendship, and then to obey what he commands and obey what he does what he does tell us to do. So obedience is, is going to give us the, the fruit of friendship. Obedience is going to give us the joy of friendship. In verse 11, it says, I've told you this, that, your joy, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. When we obey and we abide in Jesus, we're going to have complete joy. Isn't that good? Yeah. We're going to have complete joy. That means not lacking any amount of joy, that we're always going to have 100% fullness of joy with Jesus if we're obeying him if we're abiding with him and we accept his friendship so obedience will always bear fruit okay obedience will always bear fruit and some it's not always going to look like you starting a bible study at your workplace and it's not fruit is not always going to look like you preaching before your exam to a class of 300 people and it's not always going to look like you selling everything and moving to the middle east fruit might look like that and if Jesus is calling you to do that then I would suggest you do it but Fruit always looks like Galatians 5. I'm going to read it for you guys. Fruit always looks like this. It says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is proof of friendship with Jesus. It doesn't always have to look like the religious activities. It doesn't always have to look like the Bible studies we're starting or life group leading or any of that. But it will always look like love and joy and peace and the rest of that list. That is the proof of friendship with Jesus. Okay, that's the proof of us abiding with him and accepting him and, and just living with him in obedience. Um, let me see where I'm at real quick. So good, Brian. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Is the band still in here? <laughs> Maybe not yet. All right. Great. We'll keep going. All right. <laughs> All right. So the fruit is that when we obey Jesus, it's, we're going to have the fruit of the Spirit. Um, when we were praying this morning, I was supposed to send kind of my notes to Chris, and we were going to go over it a little bit more. And I never did that. I just prepared and kind of went on with Thanksgiving. 
And uh, this morning when we were meeting with our pastor staff, we were all praying, um, and Chris felt like, he felt like verse 11 just popped out to him in, in John 15, talking about joy. Um, and then Mitchell also shared a word with me about joy. And we really just felt like maybe people are coming in this morning, we're coming in, and we just need a new freshness of joy. We just need a deposit of God's joyfulness in our lives. Um, and that comes from that comes from obedience with Jesus and friendship with Jesus, that we would not lack joy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one last thing I will say as the band comes up is that if we're thinking about obedience, we're thinking about how to abide with Jesus, accepting him and, and, and just living in friendship with him, it might sound a little overwhelming. It might sound like, man, this is way too hard for me to do. Does anybody feel like that in here, that it's hard to, to love one another and give our lives for others? But if we look at the scripture in verse 26, it says that when the counselor comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So he says when the counselor comes, another translation says, when the helper comes. So we don't have to do this alone, and we can't do this alone. We can't give our lives for others. We can't love people the way that Jesus has loved us alone. We have to have the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, so I'm gonna invite you guys to stand up. As we just respond, I think there may be a few different groups in the room. If you're here this morning and you've never experienced Jesus as a friend, in fact, you've never even experienced Jesus as your Savior, you've never given your life to Jesus and today is the day of your salvation. Really believe that God is giving an invitation, not just for uh, salvation, not just to get to heaven and, and be with him, but to have his friendship right here, right now. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, we're gonna have our prayer ministry team come on up here. And these folks would love to pray for you. If you, if you wanna give your life to Jesus for the first time, you say, hey, I'm learning more about this Jesus and I, I really want his presence in my life. I want that abundance of joy the scripture talks about. I wanna have friendship with the living God, then today's the day to do that. I think another group in this room has known Jesus for a long time. He's no, they've known Jesus uh, as your savior, you've known Jesus as your Lord, as your warrior, but you've never accepted his friendship. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus since you were a kid and you just see him as a master or you see him as a slave driver. I wanna remind you that Jesus says, I don't call you slaves, but I call you friends. And there's, there's an invitation today to accept his friendship and to say, I, I, just, I don't just accept salvation, but also accept friendship. So the band's gonna play. I'm just gonna pray for us that we would respond during this time and accept Jesus' friendship. So God, thank you for just your freedom to know you as a friend, Jesus. God, I thank you that um, you're always with us, God. Lord, I just pray for those in the room right now who have never experienced you as a friend, or they have in the past and they forgot that you were their friend and they got confused or their eyes got off track. Father, I just pray for your friendship and your presence to come to the room, Jesus.